Welcome to the Connect with County Leaders podcast, a monthly opportunity to meet and connect with Fairfax County leaders, to learn about the latest county news and information, and hear more on specific Fairfax County programs and services. Now here's your host, Jim Person, with this month's guest. Well, hello and welcome to Connect with County Leaders. And on this edition of the podcast, we're joined not by one county leader, but two county leaders. Fairfax County Executive Brian Hill, who's with us every other month, along with a special guest, Dr. Scott Braybrand, Superintendent of Fairfax County Public Schools. Gentlemen, welcome to Connect with County Leaders. Thank you, Jim. Glad to be here. Glad Appreciate have you me. having me. Absolutely, Mr. Hill. Jim, do I get December? Because you know how this is going to start. The superintendent. Mm-hmm. who I love dearly, mm-hmm. That's is going to be speaking <laughs> the entire 27 minutes and 32 seconds. Well, let's, we'll put a timer on that. All right. I want December, Jim. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> I think we have Victor Hoskins, the new EDA oh, director in December. Great. We can bump him. No, don't bump Victor. Victor's done a lot for economic growth in the region, and we're glad that uh, he's here with Fairfax. Thank you, Brian, for continuing to attract such rich talent to Fairfax to support um, our school system, our community. And honestly, we know, we've talked about in Fairfax County Public Schools, we're open for business. And we know that businesses really have helped support public education here in Fairfax mm-hmm. County. So we're excited for Victor being here, and he's got great things planned for Fairfax County in the years right. ahead. I'm telling you, it's going to be a podcast <laughs> bomb in December because <laughs> this is this is, this is is going to be an interesting show today. Uh, it but will I, be. but I'm, I'm gonna, happy to have my friend with me. I'm, I'm seriously. Gonna, I'm going to turn aside. the mic on and let you guys go. <laughs> We've got five topics we want to talk to if we have a chance. We want to talk about the budget, talk about strategic plan, one Fairfax, Census 2020, and the winners coming up. So I know that's a lot to cram in. If we don't get to some of them, we'll have you back. We'll do a, a, a right. two-leader two podcast again. But let's talk budget. You kind of mentioned uh, Economic Development Authority, economic business, bringing uh, you know uh, economic vitality to Fairfax County. Uh, I was looking at the Fairfax County Public Schools website, and I think it said something about Approved budget of $3 billion with Fairfax County funding approximately 71% of that. Um, And then Fairfax County's budget, a little over 50% of the county's budget goes to the schools. How does that relationship with schools and county budget, how does does that work? Well, I'll tell you this. It it works very well now, now that we have the superintendent, Scott Braybrand, in the seat. And uh, we talk continuously, if not daily, or weekly. I mean, we're always on the phone, email, and texting. We we talk a lot about where we're going to go into the future. It's it's great to do what we do now, mm-hmm. but how do we position the school district in the county thirty years from now? Because you know, when Scott and I are gone, we want to be able to look at this place and say we've done a great job getting us to where we need to be. Um, earlier, Scott mentioned Victor Hoskins, a great great person who came on board from Arlington County. He has started to unravel certain economic interests that will benefit the schools and benefit the county. He is looking forward to regionalizing a lot of things. Yes, Fairfax is still still the number one thing on his mind, mm-hmm. but we all understand that there's a regional approach that we have to take. Uh, Superintendent Braybrand and myself, we talk about the regionalism, but we also talk about the budget. Fifty-two percent of our county budget goes to the school district because we have a, we have what we consider a premier school system, mm-hmm. and business needs premier to attract business here to the county. 
it makes perfect sense for us to have a great superintendent, a great school system. And we do have nine Fortune 500 companies right here in Fairfax mm-hmm. County. Mr. Hoskins and I have talked last week. Uh, we plan on announcing, he plan, not we, he plans on announcing um, some new jobs coming in, which will then bon- benefit Fairfax County schools mm-hmm. because it's all about our property rates. Um, we, we can do certain things with our, with our uh, ability to raise money to ensure that they have a good uh, budget. But again, we're in a Dillon Rule state. A lot of things that we're working on on the periphery are with the General Assembly. But Superintendent Braybrand has done an excellent job, and, uh, you know, I I couldn't ask for a better partner. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks, Brian. I I think Brian has set the tone for an unprecedented level of collaboration and cooperation between the county and schools. The budget is always an issue of interest in the community, uh, but sometimes it's been focused more on confrontation instead of collaboration. Mm -hmm. Brian has really set the tone early on. We do communicate regularly. Um, we don't always see everything exactly the same. Brian has um, a, a very difficult cho- job in trying to balance all of the demands for resources that are asked for in Fairfax County on behalf of Fairfax County government and in the school system um, while continuing to have a quality of life uh, and a structure that attracts businesses to want to come here. Right. And so there's a lot of demands to balance. I do appreciate we've had two years of a fully funded budget. Mm. That's the first time, frankly, in decades to have that kind of support. Um, And he mentioned Victor. And I think one of the things Victor is doing, too, for economic development is saying collaboration and cooperation. Before, the idea of competing against one another or pitting an us versus them, whether it was schools in the county or Fairfax versus another region, Mm. we're in a larger... um, a larger map of really competing against London and Singapore. Our school system is competing internationally, not just locally. Our county government um, about attracting businesses and keeping them and, and creating a place where talent wants to come and stay. So we're in an international mm-hmm. competition, not a local competition, and we've got to be collaborating locally. That, I think, is the new way here right. in Fairfax. And Brian has set the tone mm-hmm. early on and continues to. Um, we'll have our ups and downs, I'm sure, like any uh, set of collaborations do. <laughs> but frankly, um, I believe that we really have had a strong foundation, and I expect it to continue in the years ahead. You, The two of you were hired roughly around the same time. Um, that help, both kind of coming on board? You know what? You know what helped? Doug Powell. And you don't know who Doug Powell is. Doug Powell is, is the James City County general manager for uh, uh, service authority. He, he takes care of the water in James City County. He gave Scott my cell phone number. And Scott was the first person to call me when I was appointed. A- after I left Fairfax, Scott called me that evening and said congratulations. So really? uh, Doug Powell went to school with Scott. So, the, so the, 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 the degrees of separation in my world maybe one or two. It's never, you know, and the first moment that Scott said, congratulations, I said, what have I got myself into? And we start (laughs) laughing because, you know, coming in as a superintendent or coming in as a county executive, you don't know who's who. He has had an opportunity to be here before he left and came back. So he had the lay of the land. I had to rely on him of telling me some of the institutional knowledge that I needed to know before I made a decision, not because he needed X or Y, but 
he wanted me to ensure that we were successful together. Hmm. And that was something I, I heard early on. And, and that is something we're going to continue. And like Scott said, we don't always agree on everything. But I'll tell you this. You will never hear us argue with each other. You'll never hear us fighting with each other. You will hear us laughing a lot. But we will get to the yes. And whether it goes to the right or to the left, at some point, we're going to be somewhere right on point saying this is where we need to go as a collective whole. And this is all we're trying to do in Fairfax County with our strategic plan, with the superintendent, with regionalism and economic development. What you did 30 years ago is great. What we're doing today that will affect the next 30 years is most important because mm -hmm. you cannot do it the same way. All right. And Scott brings that thought process as he goes forward in his world in education. And I love what he does. I mean, I, I sit back and I chuckle at times. I text him and say, did you really mean to say that? And he'll say, yes. Right, okay. <laughs> I say, okay. Good. We're good. But it is about bringing everybody together and cross-pollination and how do we move it forward right. together. Because we have to move forward. We can't be doing the same things that we did back then and expect a different result right. into the future. Right. You mentioned strategic plan. Perfect segue. And I'm trying to keep you on time, Jim. Thank you. Perfect segue into the next topic. Uh, school system uh, has a strategic plan, I believe, uh, four major goals of the strategic plan. Fairfax County working on adopting its first ever countywide strategic plan. Talk to me a little bit about the school strategic plan. Right. What's, well, what's the thought there? You know, we're really excited about the strategic plan. This started with the school board several years ago with Dr. Garza, my predecessor, and, and a night strategic plan was created with four buckets, student success, caring culture, resource stewardship, and premier workforce. And under those four buckets, we have um, eight major areas of focus that have really become our strategic plan focus. Hmm. One of the things I did is we had a great strategic plan, but we needed to prioritize it. Right, so we really right. prioritized into these um, eight subcategories. And for all of those areas, we have targets and metrics. A strategic plan is not going to have an impact unless there's an accountability piece. And what we've been doing, frankly, is using the strategic plan to drive our budget request. Hmm. One of the things for each of our four goals that we report on to the school board for the first time this fall, we will do the reporting of the goals prior to the superintendent's proposed budget in January. Mm -hmm. Because great organizations have to have a strategic plan, have to measure what they're trying to do with what they've actually been able to do, and then their budget process should be driven around the measurable outcomes or lack thereof from the plan. Did our plan work? Did we reach our intended outcomes? And um, I'm really excited because I think we're preparing in partnership with the school board to have more transparency than we've ever had before about how we're doing as a school system and more transparency about what are the strategies that are going to make sure that we maintain the status as a premier district. And mm -hmm. frankly, not just as a premier school district, but as the flagship school district, not just for the Commonwealth, but for the country and really across, across the world. People know all around the world about Fairfax County Public Schools and how do we keep it that way. And part of what Brian said is it's continuing to think outside of the box. A strategic plan is about looking at things that we did in the past and retaining those that still make sense right. for today and for tomorrow. But it's also about out of the box thinking, how are we going to do things differently um, to 
to deliver education services to kids. And I will tell you one thing that Brian has done and the school board and the board of supervisors has made happen. We've got to continue to bring talent here, including teacher talent. We had fallen behind in the marketplace with teacher salaries. And through Brian's leadership with the school board and board of supervisors, we've really finished the work on a multi-year plan to get our teachers back to being market competitive across their entire uh, career salary. Right. And um, that's exciting. And if you bring the talent in, the first thing that matters in a school system is the quality of the teacher in the classroom. Mm -hmm. So we've had a focus on that, and I, uh, it is beginning to pay real right. dividends. Well, you mentioned uh, premier school system, uh, Fairfax County Public Schools, the 10th largest, I believe, school system right. in the United States, almost 200 school centers, uh, more than 188,000 students, uh, 200 languages spoken throughout the school system. Amazing. But uh, Mr. Hill, a lot of things that uh, Superintendent Brabrand talked about, strategic plan, I'm like, wow, I, I'm, I'm hearing that same thing, Fairfax County. It, it ties into the budget. There's measurement, you know, th those kind of things. Well, yeah. I, Fairfax County has um, historically been uh, the leader in the region for everything. Um, we have built up a, an economy uh, base that is basically a strong, vibrant economy. So the question that my thought was, how do we continue uh, to have that strong base and how do we continue to move forward and think bigger and bolder? And that's mm -hmm. why we came up with Shaping the Future Together. Um, Superintendent Brabrand and his team have been a part of every step that we've done with our strategic planning process. And I'm going to continue to ask him to do that. Even then, and, and you know what we do here in the county. We'll take a person in economic development and put them in parks and culture and recreation on our strategic plan list because we want people to understand when you make a decision over here mm. what it means somewhere else. And that thought process, we've got over 100 people looking at things a little differently. And they're not the upper management. They're the lower man lower group of individuals. I shouldn't say lower group, but younger professionals, some older professionals, but not directors or assistant directors, right, right. a level below, who are now seeing when they make a decision in planning and how it affects not only zoning, but economic development, the budget, when we have people understanding all these, how things intersect or at least know where to go mm -hmm. to get the question, it makes our bureaucratic process less bureaucratic. Mm -hmm. And superintendent is right. When you have goals and you are allowed to use the budget to drive your goals or the goals to drive your budget, our team knows where we're going. It's a roadmap for success. Efficient government, efficient school operations, um, strategic plan tying into the budget. Are we looking at efficiencies of school system and county personnel systems, things we use, et cetera? How, how is that working? Well, I, I believe so. Uh, when I look at facilities and maintenance and just the, the, the expansiveness of what we have, um, Something as simple as a school bus. We're looking at electric vehicles and how we can work together to get more electric vehicles on board that will then generate electricity for Dominion so hopefully we can negotiate to reduce our rates here. That's something Scott and I are working on on the side. Nobody knows about that until they listen to this podcast, okay? Cat's out of the back. All right. Can I edit that? No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> so that's one thing. Then when we look at our data centers, we're looking at collapsing and consolidating things like that because everything's becoming cloud. Mm -hmm. So why are we using all that space for data centers and storage? 
which allows me then to look at about 150,000 square feet of lease space that I can move back to the government center, efficient, effective. Mm -hmm. That funding could be used on several things. I can continue to move my MRAs up. Uh, sorry. That's market rate adjustments. That, uh, you know, you always get I remembered these. from the last time. Ah, oh, geez. I can look to do some new creative technology enhancements for all of our hmm. employees. I can spruce up buildings, but I'm not using that as part of the base because these are the, these are the things, the capacity building that we're growing with our strategic plan. Mm -hmm. So I am really trying to garner the capacity to do other things as well as look at the growth. And our budget is dictating what we do with our goals. And the Board of Supervisors are telling us these are our goals. Mm -hmm. This is, I'll say this is the budget. They say go, we go. But then the creativity below to allow for the capacity building to go forward. There's two things I'd say on the school system side. Part of our resource stewardship, we have an indicator um, through something called WABY. It's a Washington area look at all of the school systems and their price per student or their cost per student. Okay. We have a strategic indicator to stay within $1,000 on either side of that market average for school system okay. cost. Fairfax has never been at the top. We've really been in the middle really uh, for the last several years. So we're trying to make sure that we're delivering a system of excellence, but also uh, checking what is our cost per kid right. and comparing that to other systems in the Washington area. Mm -hmm. We have been competitive and we plan to maintain the, the um, competitive uh, piece there when it comes to cost oh, because right. folks want a great system, right. but they want to be sure we're doing it as efficiently. <laughs> but, but they want it as cheap as possible, right. right? The other part that we're doing in our strategic plan is we're doing something that businesses have talked about for a long time, which is ROI or return on right. investment. Right. It's just starting. We have, a, we have a ways to go. It's a new way of trying to do business in the school system. But it is saying for X amount of dollars that I invest in a school or department, what is the measurable return through an indicator either in our strategic plan or closely tied to an indicator hmm. of the strategic plan? If I'm spending money uh, on behavioral intervention teachers, which we did last year, um, we've seen a rise in some student behavior that um, has been concerning. Hmm. Uh, kids coming in with more trauma uh, experiences and how to deal with that um, as early as elementary school. So we've hired some additional what we call BIT teachers, behavioral intervention teachers. What's the return? Are we seeing a decline in discipline referrals? Hmm. Are we seeing improved outcomes because now that kid's behavior doesn't have them out of, out of the classroom but in the classroom learning? Mm -hmm. So when we invest in things in the system, we're going to need to spend more time looping back to see right. whether the investment right. gave us the intended outcome. And I think that's what folks have to do when you're managing a family budget or when you're running a business. And listen, Fairfax County Public Schools right. is a large business. A large Not everything can be taken from the business world to be applied to education, but we believe there are more principles like ROI that we can do, and certainly strategic planning right. that businesses have done for years and years. And I'm, I, I'm glad to be a part of a school system and now partnering with the county, really, um, to have a unified approach to strategic planning that I think hmm. is going to pay great dividends for the future here in Fairfax. Right. One of the uh, interesting uh, 
statistics, and maybe I don't know if you, uh, I'm sure your school system uses it uh, as, a, as a metric or measuring stick, but I found on the website uh, nearly 92% of Fairfax County Public School students graduate on time. And, yes. And then that same number uh, plan to pursue post-secondary education. Yes, 92% is great, but we think we can do better, and it's really continuing to have a focus on every child by name and by need. Um, we still have work to do with graduation rates. Some of it is really around some of our second language learners who mm -hmm. come, and you're trying to learn a new language and learn all 13 years of uh, American education, sometimes right. in a very brief right. period of time. So we still have some work to do on it, but we have one of the things we've done in the school system uh, that's related to the strategic plan is turning our meetings, which everybody has meetings in <laughs> and we every, <laughs> them. every part of life, but turning them into problems of practice discussions huh. and creating a protocol where we need to bring a problem to a meeting and everyone that we need to look at that problem comes, we share information, we brainstorm, and then two or three meetings afterward, we have a set of recommendations okay. to set the problem. So you're what we've done in the past in our meeting structure is we popcorn 20 different problems over two hours, but no problem ever gets fully addressed. Right. So we're going to really less topics, but a deeper protocol that gets us into problem solving. And I think it's going to help us really move our strategic plan mm -hmm. forward in ways that we haven't before. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that. And you talked about uh, the students speaking multiple languages, and that ties in beautifully to our next topic we want to talk about, which is One Fairfax. Uh, racial, uh, social uh, inequities and equality, the whole One Fairfax lens that we're looking at. Um, Mr. Hill, I'll, I'll start with you about One Fairfax. What we had Carla Bruce on last month uh, talking about the, the One Fairfax here on this podcast. Uh, kind of where are we at on that, that initiative, of uh, a joint initiative uh, uh, preface by saying of the school board and the county board of supervisors? Yes, you know, um, Supervisor Hudgens in my uh, interview asked me if I could speak towards One Fairfax, and I sat back in my chair in the interview and said, could you explain to me what that is? She did. I smiled and said, yes, I believe I could speak about it. Uh, coming to Fairfax County, I realized one thing was missing from one Fairfax, not the wording, not the intent, but the crosswalk of how to get it started. Hmm. And this is why we started with the strategic planning process to get the nine priority goal areas so you can overlap social inequity possibilities with how we do business. So. At this point, what I have Ms. Bruce doing in her team is going out as equity leads throughout the departments, but they're chasing the strategic plan teams. So when the strategic plan team meets, the next meeting is the equity lead, so you mm -hmm. can see how it all ties together. And when we make conscious decisions, we're making conscious decisions that allow for social inequity to be a part of it. The state of, or sorry, the Commonwealth of Virginia and the procurement laws are some places, is a, is a place where we need to start talking about how do we get preference, potential preference, or how do we s secure opportunities for other? Because the way the procurement set up, it is low bid. Mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean low bid and you live in Fairfax County. It means low bid. So... We have a lot of things that we have to look at, not only from what we do as a organization within Fairfax County and how we hire and how we procure, 
but also there's a state legislature that we have to deal with. What I'm really trying to do is trying to connect the dots with how we run our business because, as Scott said, we are a government, but, you know, there are a lot of tenants within business that we should do to make it less bureaucratic and we can move a little bit faster. And that's been my cause. That's been my champion is to move business, to move our processes faster, not shirking our ability to be safe and sound and prudent. Mm -hmm. But some of the mechanisms could be moved faster. One Fairfax, looking at equal, looking at, excuse me, looking at economic opportunity zones to incentivize, to bring business here for affordable housing. There are so many things that we're doing. Affordable child care, getting the, ch getting the young people ready for school, because if we can figure out ways to do that, cost Scott less money to get them up to mm -hmm. wherever they need to be. So those are the things that I'm looking at when it comes to strategic planning, one Fairfax. How do we get our kids? How do we have affordable housing? How do we keep running our economic structure allowing accessible and equitable ability for all to be involved in Fairfax County because there's we have a lot here the things that we're doing on the Richmond corridor Richmond Highway corridor and Mount Vernon Embark is going to be monumental when it's done we need to go to Lee we need to go to Mason and then we need to go to Reston and Hunter Mill we need to be in Drainsville it's got to be one Fairfax mm -hmm. and this is what we're trying to do it's all about Fairfax County but then we look at the region because now we're getting a lot of talk about one Fairfax regionally and how we're doing it. And people are looking to see and making sure that they can do what we're doing here in Fairfax County. And what's even more fascinating, I was walking through the Atlanta airport, just gave a speech, and I saw the fire chief from Atlanta there, and he's talking to me about one Atlanta. And I kind of <laughs> chuckled. I chuckled. I said, Chief Slaughter, you know, well, we, we've started One Fairfax in like 2016, so your mayor has basically took One Fairfax and made it One Atlanta. Right. He said, wow. So Chief Slaughter in Atlanta, Chief Butler, Fairfax County, are talking about how mm. to implement One Fairfax within their structure. It is a, it's a tough, tough thing to do, but, you know, as Scott said, we have 160 different nationalities. Um, we have 1.2 million population in Fairfax County. 9.7% is on the poverty level. We have to do things to ensure that we can continue to grow and continue to nurture, nurture and continue to make sure that this is all about Fairfax County and the people that live here. You know, what I would say is one Fairfax for me, uh, and I think for all of us in Fairfax County Public Schools, is really around trying to reach every child by name and by need. Hmm. Do we have the supports and services to make sure any kid can come into this school system and experience student success, which is one of our four pillars in our strategic plan. Some students um, <clears throat> need more supports and more services to have that success. And the reality is to deal with achievement gaps, which still remain in Fairfax as they do in other school divisions, they need to be addressed. We need to continue to work to address achievement gaps. We need to look at access and opportunity gaps. Do kids have access to the same educational supports and services? Mm -hmm. That includes pre-K, which has been one of the issues that we've been collaborating with with the county on. Mm -hmm. um, do they have them at pre-K? Do they have them when they enter kindergarten and through elementary school? Do they have them at middle and high school? So it's really 
putting an equity lens on our operations and making sure we're providing supports. It's every child by name and by need. When you take it out one more step, it can be every school by name and by need. And our regions have different um, needs. We have a huge, huge system. We're divided into five regions. And one of the things we've already seen some uh, success with, we did look at data, for example, around student discipline. And we did see that it was disproportion, hmm. disproportional. More Latino and African-American students were being disciplined in our system. This past year, we completely revamped our SRNR, our Student Rights and Responsibilities. Um, that put more focus on restorative justice and less just on discipline. Hmm. Disciplining a kid for what they did wrong is not helping us educate kids on how to do right. Hmm. Um, so it's a shift a little bit in mindset and having that equity lens really made us take a deeper look at mm -hmm. how we've been doing things. And we've done things differently as a result this year. So I do think um, one Fairfax is a way to create a better Fairfax County for our school system and for all county residents. We want everybody coming to Fairfax to taste excellence, hmm. whether they're a county resident, whether they're a parent in the school system or a student in the school system. And um, it's, a, it's, it's a high goal, right? It's a high goal. We have a society with lots of inequities. How can we do as much as we can here to support everybody feeling success who's a part of Fairfax County community. Is a, I was going to say mindset. That's not, I don't know if that's the right word, but um, is that an overnight thing? Is it a 50-year process? I mean, kind of where, you know, where can we look to make strides in this one Fairfax road of accomplishments? Well, I, I, I don't want to speak for the superintendent, but I, I look at our board of supervisors. We have not saying that the current board doesn't have the mindset for One Fairfax, but now we have a new board who we're going to have to educate to see if their mind for One Fairfax and how we're moving forward is in the same thought process that they campaigned on. So mm. at this juncture, we can have five new board members on the Board of Supervisors. Right. Right? So we are in a process of onboarding the thought process of how to onboard, sorry, because we <laughs> haven't began to onboard yet, right. the thought process of how to onboard the new members and what we've started. So our strategic plan will be done January. And the reason why it's going to be done January is because we have a new board. Right. So that new board will get the, I, the full picture of our strategic plan. Mindset, cultural change, organizational change. These are the things that we have been putting in place since January 1st or January 2nd of 2018. Supervisors Bulova, um, Hudgens, Smith, Cook have decided not to be, uh, not to run for re-election. That means we have to have people in place ready to go out to each and every one of these board offices mm -hmm. To, in, to pick up the pieces from that loss of institutional knowledge. So, yes, it's a, it's a mindset change. It's an organizational change. Right. It's policy changes. Mm. And we have to be, as large as we are, we're nimble. We have to be nimble. We need to be quick. And we need to get there. I, I, I'll leave it with this. One Fairfax is about creating an inclusive community in Fairfax County. 
um, in the community and in the schools. And business wants to be a part of communities that feel inclusive, where everyone has a voice, where everyone feels valued. Yeah. So one Fairfax isn't just a nice thing to have. This is about listening to what our businesses are, are saying. They want to come to communities where people feel valued, where everyone has a role, because that's what their employees are looking for. Right. And businesses can go anywhere in the world today, yeah. right? They want to go where the talent is, but they also want to go where there's a commitment to making people feel included, yeah. not excluded. And that's what I think One Fairfax uh, is working to do. It's not an overnight thing. It's not a uh, a one-shot thing, a one-strategy thing. It is a mindset. It's a lens. It's a way of thinking. Um, and, and part of One Fairfax, frankly, has also been a way of collaborating. We, issues around race and uh, social issues, have we brought those to the table and brought everyone together to discuss them? Some of these things are complicated. Housing is complicated. Um, schools and school achievement gaps are complicated. And it's not all on the county. It's not all on the schools. It's our entire community taking responsibility for creating a better quality of life for every resident in the community. And I think that's what we're working to do. Right. Yeah. Setting place. That's what we have to be doing now is what what placemaking are we going to be uh, setting for our for our community residents mm -hmm. going forward? Um, it's fascinating to me. I, I spent a lot of time speaking to business uh, businesses um, with Rick, Rick the Hoskins, as well as on my own, and we kind of dialogue and get back. But you know, the big thing is, what will bring a business here? Fairfax County's name will bring them here, mm -hmm. but we also need to understand all the things below that name and what makes Fairfax County. That's very important. That'll keep them here. That, absolutely right, because people don't realize. Our business community supports a great amount of our budget. 90% of our businesses have 50 employees or less. We're not just big box. Small family-owned, small businesses yep. are the rubric of how you have a successful county. And a successful county is a county that's inclusive. A successful county is a county that gets things done. And that's what this gentleman and I are committed to doing. We're trying to get things done. Right. I want to move to a lighter subject, if we will. Maybe oh, not. Maybe yeah. not an easier subject, but you mean the suntan? Oh, no. <laughs> Where you been, man? Man, I, I've been out running around in school, <laughs> seeing what's going on, and uh, you, you know, ultraviolet light going on. <laughs> <laughs> I wish no, I could get hey, to talk. <laughs> you know, the the the, the sun is shining. Uh, the sun is shining on Fairfax County Public Schools. I'm just out soaking up the rays. My man. <laughs> well, let's talk about those days when the sun is not shining on Fairfax County Public Schools. Winter weather and oh, winter is oh, such a down. man. I know. Uh, Got to bring it down. <laughs> We're gonna take the podcast. <laughs> There, okay. <laughs> Let's just start. Snow, you know, everybody has an opinion on whether schools or the county should open, should close, uh, snowfalls. I just want to preface it by saying it is not an easy decision for school system or county. Uh, anything you, either one of you want to talk about when we talk about winter weather and closings and those types. Well, of you know, we're doing all this collaboration. I've seen there are some uh, podcasts, some videos that have actually gone national. Uh, where folks have been singing together around winter weather decisions. So I'm not ready to make an announcement today, but perhaps perhaps in the future, okay. Brian and I will have a joint winter weather message. Um, <laughs> honestly, 
part of the part of the bottom line <laughs> as a superintendent, weather calls are one of the hardest things that a superintendent has to decide. Um, student safety and the safety of our staff have to remain paramount. We have 200 schools. Um, we have a limited number of workers trying to get those schools ready for kids, getting the bus stops ready. A lot of that is relying on the community to get those sidewalks cleaned. Um, even when Interstate 66 looks great, our buses are on secondary routes. Um, and so I know that's a hard piece because, hey, um, the main artery may look good, but the secondary isn't. We have our bus drivers out at 3 and 4 a.m. when we're making those morning calls. Um, I have the director of transportation on my 4.30 call. Uh, and we've, I've added a large team to really advise me. We reach out to local meteorologists to help us make the decision. I am in touch with Brian uh, and understanding what the county is dealing with, what he is seeing. Um, the school system and the county have independent calls to make, but mm -hmm. we certainly try to collaborate on this as much as possible. Um, and we recognize, uh, I was talking earlier in the uh, podcast about being open for business. Uh, we realize that um, while student safety and uh, staff safety is important, people need to know whether school is going to be open or closed right. because it is a huge impact on families who may have businesses that are going to be open even if schools are closed. Right. So we don't take any of the decisions lightly. One of the things I have done is try to make these decisions earlier than ever if we have accurate information so people can know instead of everyone waking up at 5 a.m. to try to scramble and figure out their plans. Right. Um, there's pros and cons, of course, in every decision. Uh, but I've tried to get it right, and I'm going to continue to try to do my best. Um, I'm going to continue to try to do my best and work with Brian as yeah, I do it. Yeah. Well, uh, independent decisions, of course, you know, schools, a lot of things you have to consider, the, the buses, the bus drivers, new student drivers out on the roads, kids walking to school, a lot sure. of considerations there. And for county government, you know, we have a responsibility to the taxpayers to, to be hey, open. We have 1.2 million citizens that expect us to be open. But I will say this, if you are at home and we have a snowstorm, do not wait on me to tell you it's not safe to drive. You should know that as well as I know that. My responsibility is for you to be safe, okay? That's first and foremost. I want each and every employee to understand that I want you to be safe. However, if we deem the roads to be safe and acceptable, we have to be open for government. We have to be open for business. It cannot be predicated on the superintendent and the school district. This is why we talk. At 4 o'clock in the morning, I get a text from Dave Rohr saying, hey, boss, are you up? Well, if I respond, I guess I am, <laughs> right? Been up, yeah. yeah. So Dave and I are chatting at 4 a.m. in the morning. Sometimes Scott's 5 o'clock and we make a call. We're doing it for the, for, for it to ensure that our people getting into work are safe. Now, we do have a lot of people that work outside of Fairfax County. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, I'll give you an example. All of Fairfax County is clear. Loudon had four or five inches. Kathy Spade sent me a text of her front yard. I looked outside of my window. There's nothing out there. So we have a 409-square-mile area that we have to be consistent with, and 
Same with the superintendent. Mm -hmm. There are times where a portion of the county gets hit and the other portion doesn't, and there's nothing going on down here. And people are like, well, why'd you, right. why'd you close county government? My big thing here is this. I'm going to be, um, I want everybody to be safe. And if you can't, if we open government and you can't get in because you feel it's not safe, please take care of what you need to take care of. Because that is the most important thing. Your family's first. Right. But again, if my guys tell me that we could get in, I'm going to be have opening government. Right. And you mentioned uh, Dave Rohr. I just want to say Deputy County Executive for Public Safety and Kathy Spage, uh, Director of Human Resources. Uh, so I just want to clarify those for people listening. Yes, sir. <laughs> One of the things just on that, and I'm glad Brian brought up the regional piece, Fairfax County itself is so large that in a sense, we can have different weather experiences going on within Fairfax County. Right. One part of the county in the east, it may be dry <laughs> or it may have been mostly a rain event, where in the western part, our schools have two, three, four inches of snow. People go, oh, well, why can't you just open one region and not another? And <laughs> oh, here's, yeah. here's a piece <laughs> that's sure. important. Many of our school boundaries and our school transportation routes cross the region, hmm. um, go east to west or north to south. It's not all neatly compartmentalized. Um, and it's important, I think, for folks to know in weather that there's great variability, not just in the region, right. but also within the county right. when we're making decisions. Jim, can so. we move on to the next topic? Because well, I'm not touching that one anyway. I, I, think, I think we're done with that one. Yeah. Yes, we are. <laughs> I think we are, and we're about out of time, but I did want to give each of you the final word. Anything uh, that you wish I had asked you to talk about, anything else you want to leave our listeners with, Dr. Braban, we'll ta uh, start with you, and the uh, County Executive Hill will we'll end it with you. Well, I, I think I would just want to say thank you for having me on this podcast. I think, as I understand it, this is the first time a uh, county executive and school superintendent have been together in one of these. Um, and to me, this is just par for the course of the unprecedented collaboration and cooperation that exists between Fairfax County Public Schools um, and Fairfax County government. And this county executive, Mr. Hill, is committed to collaboration and communication. Um, and I see him developing a vision for the future with the Board of Supervisors that's going to bring even greater success to Fairfax County. And I know that great success for Fairfax County is also going to mean great success for Fairfax County Public Schools. So it was great to be here today, and I look forward to uh, another opportunity to come on uh, another time. Well, Scott, thanks for those kind words. And yes, it's, it's all about how we shape the future together. And Super Brand, Super, Superintendent Brabrand and I are really working diligently um, with our Board of Supervisors to do that. Um, before I close, I want to say thank you to Supervisor Hudgens from the Hunter Mill District, Supervisor Cook from Braddock, Supervisor Linda Smith from Providence, and, and of course, Supervisor Sharon Bulova, the chairman of the board. Uh, they took a chance in me. Uh, they hired me. Uh, they are now leaving me. I'm, uh, hopefully that's not something that I need to worry about, but we'll, we'll see. But I just wanted to say thank you to the four of them for their guidance and wisdom um, during this past two years. Uh, I do believe I'm coming on again in January, so I won't be able to say it um, 
in the next podcast because you have Victor Hoskins there, which I might I might bomb that you one. You might have to come in. I yeah. might have to bomb that one. But again, uh, working with this superintendent, working with the board of supervisors has been absolutely phenomenal. And I have to say, the staff at Fairfax County have been top notch in our strategic planning process. Countless nights, countless community meetings, people talking about it, people working towards it. You know, this is what good government is. Mm-hmm. This is how we do our business. And if we don't strive to be the best, that's uh, that's something that our, our our residents should anticipate and should expect. And that's what I want to put forward. Okay. Yeah. Thank well, you, Jim. Sure. Absolutely. Thank to both of you, gentlemen. We talked a lot of topics today. A lot of the uh, information can be found on the school's website, fcps.edu, as well as the county government website, fairfaxcounty.gov. Uh, any of the topics we talked about there, just do a search on those and uh, get more information. So, again, thanks to you, uh, Fairfax County Executive Brian Hill, Dr. Scott Braybrand, Superintendent, Fairfax County Public Schools. And thanks to you for listening. And be sure, again, to join us again next month on the Connect with County Leaders podcast as we chat with another Fairfax County leader. This has been the Connect with County Leaders podcast. To listen to other great Fairfax County podcasts, visit fairfaxcounty.gov podcasts. And for additional audio content, tune into Fairfax County Government Radio at fairfaxcounty.gov radio. For more Fairfax County news and event information, visit News Center online at fairfaxcounty.gov news. You also may call 703-Fairfax. That's 703-324-7329, weekdays between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m., or email publicaffairs at fairfaxcounty.gov. The Connect with County Leaders podcast is produced by the Fairfax County, Virginia government.